Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Kids and 30 beautiful years of marriage. We came from two great families and we're so blessed by that. And we want to continue that legacy. And I've been doing ministry for over 30 years. I've, listen, I've met with countless couples. And here's what I've found. There are a lot of reasons why a lot of marriages don't, don't work out. And unfortunately, sadly, end in divorce. And I've kind of narrowed it down to about five main reasons. And I'll just quickly just give them to you. I think one of the main reasons where the love really begins to dissipate over the course of time is simply they just lack vision. In other words, they forget that original intent, that original love, that, that romance. They, they forget the dreams and the hopes and the aspirations that, that their marriage or the relationship began with. And they just get vision drift. And as a result, tired eyes the challenges and the struggles of the marriage in and of itself and all the responsibilities that go with it. Tired eyes rarely see a bright future. Another reason is expectations are unfulfilled. So we begin to put unrealistic expectations on our spouse to meet needs that unfortunately they are not set up to meet because we're placing those unrealistic expectations on them. Another is anger unresolved. There's just too much water under the ridge, too much hurt, too much conflict, discord, things that the enemy is using to sabotage and ultimately destroy the relationship. And that's it's his goal, is to get you angry and to keep you angry. Another thing, fourth reason I believe so many couples end up experiencing their love to dissipate over time is, is simply because of they just keep secrets. They begin to hide. They're no longer you know, uh, vulnerable and in, 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 in they lose trust with one another because of things that have been done and you know, just maybe just unfaithfulness or just things that begin to emerge into the relationship that causes that lack of trust. And so secrets begin to suddenly be kept and things are pushed under the rug. And then, of course, the big one, I believe, and this is where we're going today, and they're just seduced by lies. What do I mean by that? There's just a constant reinforce, re, reinforcement from our spiritual enemy, our adversaries, out to steal, kill, and destroy everything that's important to you, including your marriage. Listen, the enemy wants to convince you that your spouse is the reason for all of your problems and all of your unhappiness. Your marriage is the reason why you're miserable, and that's the reason why this and the grass is greener on the other side. You know what all that spells? Notice strategically there on the slide we just put in front of you. Love leaks. It evaporates. It dissipates over time. And that's the reason why, listen, bonds can be broken if we allow our love to leak. So how do we avoid this from happening? Well, let me begin today quickly just giving you the first. Here's, here's question one, number one. If you're single, you need to be thinking about this right now. If you're married, you need to stop. You need to set a date night, get some time alone, and you need to start walking through, talking through, and working through this question. This is the foundational question, and that is this. Who or what serves as the source 
of your beliefs. That's huge. And here's the reason why that's so important. In fact, let me just rephrase it like this. Who is God to you? Why is that question so important? Who serves as the source of your beliefs? Well, because how you see God and ultimately what you believe about God is so critical. In other words, even how you were raised, the circumstances you faced growing up, whether they were good, whether they were bad, listen, along with the influences and the voices of our culture today, all of those things combined, they all form our beliefs that we hold in our hearts. And if we're not careful, listen, they can begin to taint our hearts with wrong beliefs that we begin to hold about ourselves, toward God, toward our spouse, toward other people. And as a result, the only way that a couple, that listen, the only way a couple can fulfill this unbreakable bond that we're talking about, this eternal bond, and, and, and really kind of lock their love away forever, the only way that they can do that is by simply changing their beliefs. That's, at the end of the day, that's why it's so important. Why? Because your beliefs create your reality. In fact, a renowned biologist, Dr. Bruce Lipton, once said, he said, beliefs are 10 million times stronger in determining who we are than our actual thoughts. In other words, the first and most important foundational question when it comes to answering the question, who is at the source of your beliefs? Who is God to you? Well, that's the key when it comes to replacing all of the lies that we have held in our hearts to be true. We have got to get our beliefs in alignment with God's truth because the very first thing that we have to do when it comes to understanding on how to get our beliefs correct and in alignment with God is by doing the first thing, and that's the L. We're going to be giving you a little lock acrostic here to lock in this love that we're talking about, this unbreakable bond, and that is to look to God, not your spouse, for true happiness. Look to God, not your spouse, for true happiness. Listen, only God can satisfy and meet our needs. I see this all the time with so many couples, unfortunately. They, yeah, they're young if they get married and, or maybe you know, they're new in this relationship. And as far as they're concerned, you know, they, they're, they're, they're new mate, the love of their life. The person just walked in, their life suddenly just rocks the world. As far as they're concerned, they can do no wrong. He or she is Mr. or Mrs. Right. You know, they're going to complete me. They're going to make me happy. They're gonna, we're going we're gonna to live happily ever after. We're going to you know, have all these goals and dreams and aspirations and you know, all of the things, the little picturesque you know, dream that we paint in our heads and in our minds. Nothing wrong with all that. But here's the reality. The reality is is that when we begin to put our spouse, our mate, on a pedestal, and we begin to look to them, depend upon them, and expect them to meet our needs, to serve all of our demands, to, to make us happy, to make us complete, to make us fulfilled, 
We are setting ourselves up, we're setting them up, and we're setting our marriage up for complete disaster. Why? Because that's not what God intended for them to do. Yes, they can supplement. Yes, they can help provide for a lot of that. The companionship can bring joy and fulfillment, no question about it. But here's what God reminded us in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You remember God gave the people of Israel 10 commandments? What was number one? Here's what he said right out of the gate. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. In other words, God never intended for you to put your spouse before him. God never intended for you to put your kids before him. God never intended for you to put your job before him, your hobbies before him, your pleasures before him. Anything or anybody you put before God is an idol. In other words, you're substituting something or someone else to satisfy and to meet needs and fulfill things in your life that only God can fulfill. And so we have to look to God, not our spouse, for true happiness. And I think one of the the reasons why so many couples, sadly and unfortunately, start out with the ideal, kind of like all those couples there on the Lovelock Bridge, is because, again, they go in with all of these hopes and aspirations. But once the ideal begins to wear off, the love begins to dissipate, it leaks, guess what? Well, the ideal becomes now an ordeal, and before they realize it, before long, they start looking for a new deal. And that is the reason why a lot of couples experience that love that was intended to be unbroken, that unbroken bond suddenly becomes broken. And it's just the world in which we live. And sadly, our culture today now reinforces it more than ever before because the mind will always justify what the heart believes. That's so important that you understand that statement. The mind will always justify what the heart believes. Let me illustrate to you what I'm talking about. If you're watching today, I want you to get your, get your hand, okay? I want you to make a fist. And now what I want you to do is I want you to take your index finger and I want you to point. If you're with your spouse right now, you're with somebody, I want you to point your finger at them, okay? Or just make believe somebody else is in the room with you wherever you're watching this. But I want you to point your finger. Now here's the issue. The problem is, is that when we begin to point our finger at someone else and we begin to point out their flaws, we begin to insinuate their their imperfections, and we begin to point blame. And we use our pointer to point out their flaws and their mistakes, their, you know, the things that they could have done, the things that they should have done. The moment we begin to point those things out, the moment we begin to magnify who they are and all of their shortcomings and all the things they, they should do to make us happy, to fulfill our expectations and we start using blame and criticism and we condemn and what do we do? We are now blaming somebody else. We become the victim of our unhappiness and we are casting blame on somebody else for our misery and our unhappiness. That's not God's plan. That is the reason why so many couples end up Listen, they jump to the other side of the fence. Why? Because they're convinced that the grass is greener on the other side. That's what Instagram reinforces, right? Well, at the end of the day, here's what they're doing. 
The mind justifies what the heart believes. So if we believe wrong beliefs about our husband or about our wife, if we hold those, those false beliefs in our heart, then our minds begin to justify those wrong beliefs. Therefore, we start looking for evidence and building our case as to why they are to blame for all of our problems. Now, here's the other thing I want you to do with your hand. I want you to take that index finger and just look at three more that's pointing right back at yourself. Because the hard truth and the reality is, is that everything we are pointing out when it comes to someone else, we're guilty of ourselves. You know why? Because it takes two to tango. <laughs> Listen, we are two flawed, sinful, broken, imperfect people that God has brought together as one. And therefore, if we are expecting that other person to make us happy and fulfill our needs and live up to all of our expectations and put them up on that pedestal, and put them before God, trust me, your foundation is worthless. We cannot put those unrealistic expectations upon our spouse. We have to change our belief system. My happiness, your happiness, is your responsibility. It's my responsibility. It is not my mates. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians 4.19. I love how the Amplified captures this. He said, And my God will liberally supply, fill unto full, your every need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So the L simply stands for look to God, not your spouse, for true happiness. The O stands for outdo each other with a spirit of honor. Why is this so important? Because your marriage is a goner without honor. It really is. Now, we live in a world today that dishonors honor and honors dishonors. I mean, everything's just backward and screwed up in our culture today. But what does honor mean? The word honor is translated worth, value, weight. It's why we must honor God. We're, plating, we're placing worth and value and weight in who He is and what He means to our lives. It's who God is to me. He's worth everything. He, he carries the weight of every decision and every priority of my life. He's over the over everything. He is the authority of my life. I honor Him because of who He is, His holiness. But here's the thing. What does this dishonor mean? Dishonor is treating someone as common or as ordinary. It's exactly the way they treated Jesus in His hometown there in Nazareth. You remember? The Bible says He could do no miracles there in His hometown. Why? Because they treated Him with, dis, with contempt. They, they treated Him with a lack of honor. Well, if you want to see miracles in your marriage, you need to learn to outdo each other with a spirit of honor. And let me explain to you three things that's huge when it comes to this issue, when it comes to the subject of honor. The level of honor you give to your mate is determined by the amount of value you perceive. So again, it's all about perspective. It's all about how you see your spouse. You have to see them with someone who is worth, value, weight, someone that God has brought into your life, someone that is worthy of honor because they're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made them. 
He loves them. He designed them. And God brought them as a gift into your life. And that's the reason why we've got to outdo. We've got to come up with creative and strategic ways that we outdo our, our honor, our spirit of honor towards each other. Number two is this. The level of value you receive is determined by the amount of honor you give. In other words, if you want to receive honor from your spouse, well, guess what? Start giving more honor to your spouse. It's just the simple law of sowing and reaping. And the third is this. Honor is what you decide, not what they deserve. So stop sitting around thinking, well, whenever they change, I'll start treating them differently. No, you start treating them with honor now and watch how they change. Listen, the end of... Whatever we do, you cannot change your spouse. Quit trying to put all your time, effort, focus, and energy on changing them. Instead, put all your time, focus, and energy on honoring them and let God change them. But look what God does in your marriage. There will be miracles in your marriage because of honor. It's so vitally important. Listen, the number one tool the enemy will use to destroy your marriage relationship Remember, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's his goal. It's his agenda. That's what he's doing. He's doing it one out of two couples. He's doing a pretty good job. So if we want to stop that, here's what we have to do. We have to keep honor high, and we have to keep anger low. Honor high, anger low. The enemy wants to get you angry, keep you angry, and use anger to, listen, to cause your love to evaporate to cause a wedge, to create division, and to sabotage and destroy everything that is near and dear to you. The legacy you want to have, he wants to destroy. And how do we do that? Keep honor high, anger low. Now, the C stands for commit your vows no matter what. Commit to your vows no matter what. Listen, every time I have done, I don't know, countless weddings over the past 30 years, and every time I marry a couple and I stand there at the wedding altar with them, one of the most important things that I try to do is remind them that their wedding day, that wedding in and of itself is not a marriage. It's only an event. It's crazy to me how many of these young couples will spend so much time and so much money in planning for their actual wedding rather than preparing for their actual marriage. Listen, our wedding day is just that. It's an event. But a marriage is a lifelong covenant commitment and relationship that we make between us and God and each other. We need to take those covenants and those vows seriously. That's the reason why in Matthew 19, verses 5 and 6, Jesus said this concerning divorce. He said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, notice what he says, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Why is that so important? Because God takes that covenant. He takes that wedding vow serious. Why? Because we made a covenant with Him and we made a covenant with each other. 
And we need to honor that and commit to that no matter what. And listen, I realize that there, that's a whole other series of questions and there's all kinds of things and emotions that come just with that in and of itself. Because I realize there are many of you, you've gone through the pain of divorce. You have, maybe you're in a blended family situation and you, you know, you understand, you get it. You realize that, listen, the challenges of the past is still a part of your present. And, 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 and it gets complicated. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to make life complicated. But that's the reason why we have to move forward. Listen, forget the past, move forward, start where we are today. And whatever relationship you're in right now, your current spouse, my, cur- my encouragement to you, my challenge to you, whatever it takes, even if you're going through some rocky times, man, the enemy's coming against you hard. There's some hurt. There's some challenges, some stuff that's, listen, the enemy's using right now to defeat you, to discourage you, to confuse you, to demoralize you. Hear my heart. Whatever you do, listen, don't throw in the towel and quit. Stay true. Commit to your vows no matter what. God is in control. Let him do the miracle that only he can do. And the K in the word lock stands for keep the honey in the honeymoon. Great mentor of mine told me that. I'll never forget it. He said, Rodney, the best thing you can do for your lovely wife, Michelle, man, work hard on keeping that honey in the honeymoon. That's the way he used to say it. And it's true because what that means is, bottom line is, you got to work at it. You got to prioritize it. You got to nurture it. You got to cultivate it. You got to invest in it. You have to make it what God intended for it to be. It just doesn't naturally happen. So listen, maybe God is using this to challenge you to maybe revisit your schedule. You need to get out and get a date night, man, hiring a babysitter. You say, man, I can't afford a babysitter. Listen, a babysitter is a heck of a lot cheaper than hiring an attorney, okay? Just get a babysitter, get somebody to, if you got kids, take care of them, get, go get a pizza, whatever. Man, put on some Barry White, you know, get, get some Luther Vandross, get, create a little atmosphere, get some, get some love vibes going once again in your relationship. Man, turn up the heat, man. Get some Marvin Gaye. Come on, somebody. Get, listen, get back to the basics. Keep the honey in the honeymoon. That's what Jesus said when we fall out of love with him. What did he say? He said, remember the height from which you've fallen. He said, repeat, go back and do the things you did when you first started. Well, listen, the same is true in our marriage relationship. Date your mate, man. Put more focused time and energy. This is to start honoring one another. Watch what God does with that. If you begin to focus on nurturing, cultivating, maintaining, investing in, being proactive with keeping the honey in the honeymoon, I promise you, God will do miracles in your life you will have an experience that unbreakable bond. Ephesians 5.25, I'll close with this. The Apostle Paul said it this way. Husbands, go all out. Come on, man, put on some, put on some fresh cologne, man, get some deodorant, man, whatever, man, whatever. Go all out. Think about it. Get creative in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. A love, which is agape, the deepest Listen, the strongest form of love marked by giving, not getting. So how do we build this unbreakable bond in our relationship with one another? How do we lock in our love, that eternal love that will last 
forever and create the legacy we desire? Well, we must align our beliefs with God's truth. How do we do that? We look to God, not our spouse for true happiness. We outdo each other with a spirit of honor. We commit to our vows no matter what. And we keep the honey in the honey moon. That is how you lock in your love to create that unbreakable bond that truly will be an eternal love that will last. Listen, next week, week two, is the second. Everything's building on each other, so don't miss it. It's the second part of this conversation. But sometime this week, you need to think about that question. Who and what serves as the source of my beliefs? Let's bow our heads together in a word of prayer. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, hey, if you're watching today, maybe you're a follower of Jesus, you have a relationship with Him, maybe you're single, this is the thing that you just need to kind of take a few moments and process, think about, maybe answer that question. You know, who and what is serving truly as the source of your, your happiness right now? If you're married, you know, have you been guilty of putting too many unrealistic expectations on your spouse? You've been trying to put too much energy on trying to change who God made them to be. Are you pointing your finger at them? Are you casting blame? Are you, have you become the victim for why you're not happy? Again, your mind justifies what your heart believes. We have to change our beliefs. And so maybe there's some things you need to talk through, pray through, wrestle through in your own heart of hearts to get back in proper alignment with God's truth. If you're watching today and you don't have a relationship with God, maybe that whole issue of the question of who is God to you, maybe that's the issue. Maybe he just seems so disconnected, so far, so unrealistic, so irrelevant to your life. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, you're as close to God as you choose to be. And God is right where he's always been. He wants to meet you right where you are. But it's a, it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of you coming close to God. And he says that when you do that, when you take the first step, he will come close to you. So today, would you be willing to put your faith and trust in him? You can pray something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sin on a cross and he arose again for me. And today I'm placing him into my life as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, I just want to say congratulations. Do me a huge favor. Hey, click that I Decided button if you're watching on our website or text those words I Decided there in the chat. Let us send you a little booklet that will help you build on that foundation. Hey, I love you guys. Thank you so much for watching us today for week one of Love Lock.
Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.